To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Welcome to the Believer's Journey and Aloha, and so glad you can join us again today. We, um, our title for the or topic for today is going to be living as a light and giving hope to others, and I think you'll enjoy this uh, show today. I have with us Shan Wiley. Uh, Shan is the uh, executive director for Any Woman Can, and um, go ahead and say hello. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> I have to follow suit, right? Well, I've known Shan for a long time now. It's funny, the, the first time we really met, uh, I was uh, the acting director of the baptism department at CBC, Community Bible Church. That's right. And That's a while back. It was a while, yeah. yeah. And the funniest thing is, one time I got, I guess I didn't feel good, I didn't come in, and so when I told somebody the music wasn't there, and Ray Jones kind of got bothered, and two weeks later, all of a sudden, this group of people from the church came in as a department, like they're running it, and I'm like, well, who are you? And they kept thanking me for being there. Right. And I thought that was the funniest thing, and then I realized, oh, I'm kind of being, you know, just kind of a helper, but nobody told me. Well, lack of communication <laughs> happens a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Anyway, let me let me read for you uh, what I have for um, Shandis is really nice. Uh, she's the executive director director for Any Woman Can. It's a nonprofit uh, health center that offers free services to people that are in crisis. Uh, Any Woman Can provides counseling, education, and mentoring for both men and women. That was something new that I found out just recently, and they have counselors, nurses, and client advocates who walk alongside women in crisis. Yeah, women and men now. Yeah, and men. Mm -hmm. So this is what they offer. They offer free counseling, free ultrasounds, free STI testing, and free pregnancy testing, and it's all confidential. Absolutely. So tell us about your ministry. This is really neat. And I'm, I'm going to make some comments afterwards, but I want you to talk about it. So as far as, well, let me just back up and kind of tell you this, how I got into it. So it was all a God thing. So I had been working, as we had said earlier, with CBC for 16 years. And um, there came a point where God was um, nudging me out, and which was very difficult for me to do because I really liked to— um, I'm very loyal and like to stay at positions and grab onto friends and had many, many friends there. And um, just it was a very, very difficult decision, but decided that, you know, you better do what God's telling you to do. So, um, so, and I didn't even have a position at that point. It was just something that I knew I had to do. And there was, there was eight months where I was questioning, why did I even, I'm a little confused, God, of why that could happen. But uh, anyway, it just so happened that about seven months into it, I was offered a position at um, a huge bank. I'm sure everyone's heard of it, Bank of America. So not only is it just local, but it's international. Huge bank. Who knows how much money they have, right? And had accepted it. I had even been uh, fingerprinted for the position, and I had to go and train for eight weeks downtown. And it was supposed to start August something. And about a week before it started, they called and asked if I would possibly wait till September. And so I was like, sure, I, I would be happy to do that because finally I knew I had a job and I could spend a month with my girls um, 
before they went back to school. And it was just like just a big, fat relief. It was super exciting to have that month where I could actually just celebrate not having a position knowing I had one. But God did something really cool in those four weeks. He um, lined it up so that I would interview for Any Woman Can, which I had never even um well, I had seen it on a sign, but I had no idea what it was, none. And they had called and asked me if I would like to interview. And so why not? I said, but I did tell them that I had another position, that if the interview process was going to take longer than the two weeks until I started the position, that I didn't even want to start the process. So needless to say, it was very quick, and I was offered both both positions. And so I was comparing this international um bank to this little teeny tiny nonprofit. And little did I know that, you know, it was just so tiny that, you know, we were barely making it, but it was happening. But so I just had then had to take it to the Lord and ask what he wanted from me. And so um, anyway, as I was praying and, and coming, making these decisions, I really felt the nudge that God was saying, you know what, if, if, I can use you to go in and just save a life, whether it's a baby's life or a woman's life or even now a man's life. It's so worth having that position, the ministry position, versus stability. And it would be worth it, just one, just one. And so then it was like, okay. So that's how, when I began my journey at Any Woman Can, not even really knowing any much about it. So it's a position that um, I get to watch. I get to watch uh, couples now. Uh, women and men, just their lives change because of what's happening in there. And and so it's a nonprofit that's almost eight years old. And as he mentioned, some of the um, free services that we do, actually today is the very, very first day that we're offering free professional counseling for men. And so that's super exciting after eight years to offer that to men because it's counseling that's with, uh, he actually has his PhD. He's an LPCS. So, um, yeah, that's how it began. Offer a lot of services. Not one thing do we charge for. Every solitary thing is free. So we, um, it's just, it's just a joy and a blessing to be there. So, there you go. That's the beginning of it. So, um, when if somebody now, I, when I was reading on your website, I mean, there's a lot of things I would think is really cool about any woman can. I mean, just totally amazing. I really am impressed. Doesn't takes a lot for me to be impressed, by the way. <laughs> but I really am impressed uh, by the things that it seems to offer. So uh, one of the things I noticed at uh, PTSD uh, situations, you uh, counsel for this. We sure do. Uh, we do PTSD. We do relationship counseling, counseling for crisis pregnancies, counseling. We actually have an 82-year-old. Our oldest client is 82 years old, and she has never been able to afford professional counseling. And so she was suffering from anxiety and depression her entire life. And finally, finally, she um, is getting relief and and um, seeing a counselor at any woman can. So it's from 13 to who knows what age that can come in and get this free counseling. Now, what is your, um, what do you actually do there? Oh, my goodness. Because it's such a small um, nonprofit, I do quite a bit. I mean, I do anything from HR and payroll and, um, you know, the finances to 
I do networking, which is my favorite. I speak, which is my favorite. But right now with COVID, unfortunately, those two things are kind of um, hindered. But obviously, I speak on the radio, and and I've been um, asked to be on TV, which is beautiful. But not only that, I always try to take an hour or two every week to go in the rooms and and act or be one of these advocates because really that's why I'm there to minister. I get to go in those rooms a couple of times. I wish I could do it more, but I have no time. Um, and I get to meet one-on-one with these clients and just get to know them. And God gives you a heart to connect with them. 99% of the time they want to speak out and reach and, and let you know what's going on and into their lives. It's amazing what can happen in that room in one hour. Now, how can people donate to your uh, ministry? Well, that's a great question, Alan, and I love that question because that <laughs> is how we survive. But there's, uh, you could go to anywomancansa.com, and there's a donate page. Um, so, or you could call, or there's a text to give. There's several, several ways that you could do this. But um, yeah, we're always looking for people for support so that we can continue this ministry and continue to save lives. <sighs> Yeah, and if uh, you missed that, you can also go on to thebelieversjourney.net on our website. If you go to guests and you find Shan Wiley, you'll see the link there. It goes right to your website. Okay, awesome. So, And it'll be there forever. Forever. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I read something about girls who are coming in pregnant and you do a certain counseling. What What is it that you refer to and, and work with? Because you educate, from what I understand. Well, absolutely. I mean, some come in in a crisis. Uh, I've been with a, a rape victim who was definitely abortion-minded. And so when we say uh, counseling, there's a couple different kinds, but we mean options counseling, which is also one of our uh, services. So what we want this woman to know is there's many, many options out there for her other than abortion, obviously. And we want to help her through this journey. And so um, that's what we mean by that. We educate her on the different options, including abortion, what that would look like, uh, including pregnancy, what that would look like. Because you know what? There are some risks in, in everything, both of those journeys that she would choose. But obviously, we do not refer or we do not um, prefer form abortions ever. And um, we just want to educate her on that. But however, I will also say this. Um, if the woman does decide that she's going to go and have an abortion, we, we will let her know that we have a that we still love her and it's a safe place for her to come back and get counseling because we know that it's going to be something that she's going to suffer probably some depression from, whether it's right away or whether it's years later. We also are starting a group uh, September 12th that's called Surrendering the Secret, and that's for any woman out there that's listening that may have had an abortion two weeks ago that may have had an abortion 30 years ago, but is suffering from the pain of that choice. And so this particular group will educate her and will will um, help her deal with this pain, but not only deal with it, but know that um, Jesus will forgive her and does forgive her for this. So yeah, that's what we do with anyone that even chooses abortion. We want to love them and we want to be a safe place. 
This past December, I had a client that came in for her third sonogram and her third pregnancy test because the truth of the matter is the more that she can get for free, the less this abortion is going to cost. So that's why they would come to any woman can abortion-minded women because they can take this to the abortionist and not have to pay so much. Our idea mm-hmm. is that we would show she would see the um, baby in the womb and the heartbeat, but um, this particular case in December, it was her third we loved her through it, but guess what? That seed was planted that third time. That third time she chose life after having two and knowing that this was going to be the third. We kept planting those seeds. We kept loving on her, and we, and um, through the grace of God, that third baby was saved. That's amazing. It really is. There's something I read on your website that I thought was just really cool. That was... Um, it was either something I read on your website or one of the videos I watched. Uh, you can find videos um, about what they do on their website, or you can go to YouTube and type in Any Woman Can. You can find videos also. One of the things I thought was really neat is that in this, what they call mentoring, they mentioned that if a girl happens to be pregnant, a young girl, and needs to uh, go tell her parents that you'll actually support that and be with them, during this time so that she doesn't feel all alone and and attacked. Oh, absolutely. And then it's also on neutral ground. And so, yeah, we absolutely offer that. And that has happened in the past that the um, teenager has chosen to um, ask the advocate to be in the room with her. And um, the coolest thing about this, there was one particular case where this advocate at the end of the pregnancy got so close. I mean, I'm sorry, this woman who was this teenager who was pregnant uh, by the end of the pregnancy, chose to uh, name her baby after the advocate. That's how close they got. That's really nice. Now, that's the beautiful, most ideal story yeah. of all. I mean, do they all go that way? Absolutely not. But um, we're there so that they have the option to go that way. Yeah. Um, now, you do STI testing. Now, what happens once um, you do the testing, like if it's positive? What, where is your, what direction do you take at that point? Well, and some of you listening might be going, what's an STI? Some, some of you may know it as an STD, um, sexually transmitted disease. So if they are positive, then they come back. And in the last year, we have partnered with the health center. So we are able to treat for free, too. So this is two things, you know, that they can come in for free testing and free treatment. And then once a month right now, until it gets bigger and more popular, the uh, the health center comes in and tests for even more STIs, STDs, such as uh, HIV and, and gonorrhea. Well, we do gonorrhea and chlamydia, but there's hepatitis C. There's several STDs that they'll test for free, mm-hmm. and then they will also treat. That's totally amazing. I have, I have to say that um, I teach a lot about uh, – as a believer, our our foundation is to become like Jesus. That that's totally my foundation. And I'm, uh, and when you look at Jesus' life, and I look at this program, it's almost to me it's like it's on the same path, same road. Um, and I, I have to commend you because that's what has hit me. I know several months ago, or last year maybe was I when all this was coming together. I mentioned to you at a at a business league meeting that I would like you to speak, but I really didn't know a lot. But now that times have come along, I've read more about your ministry and I've actually talked to your husband about it. And I've just become more impressed because it mirrors 
Jesus a lot. Well, it's it's a faith-based ministry, first of all. So um, I will tell you this, that we start every day in prayer, every single day. And our um, any volunteer that comes in there, there's a pretty rigorous process to get them in. I mean, it, it really has to be someone that totally loves the Lord. They're not a Christian, just a Christian, because you can be a Christian, but we're talking about this is their core. This is their inner being. This is what they live for. And so, um, yeah, we they interview, they tour. Um, but my point is the Holy Spirit is there, and if anybody's ever interested to come and visit, you can feel the Holy Spirit in there. We um, often have pastors come in and pray and anoint us because this is a, this you have to be called by God to be in there because this is really in my opinion cool stuff but this is serious stuff we're dealing with yeah and I I want to let my audience know because I know there's a, a majority of people who actually watch the show will be in Europe and and across the ocean mm-hmm. and you may not be visiting San Antonio to see this however their model, is really good to look at. If you go to their website, their model is good to look at to integrate into um, ministries anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, Jesus' message is good anywhere in the world, and part of this is is really evident. Yeah. Well, the key is, that's the key to the success, is laying yeah. it down at the feet of Jesus and just asking for the anointing and asking for the wisdom Every single day, every single second, um, before you go in with the client. So I absolutely agree with yeah. what you just said. And I think one of the nice things um, <clears throat> that I've recognized too is that when you read when you read about Jesus in in the Bible, and you see he walked a lot and he taught a lot mm-hmm. and he did all these things with the people. And what why I said earlier, it seems like you, you mirror that life. Is because when Jesus went places, um, a lot of times today in ministries, they think they have to walk somewhere, give them the gospel for salvation, and walk away to somewhere else to give them the, the gospel for salvation, to walk away to, to repeat that. However, what Jesus did, he went somewhere, and when they were hungry, guess what he did? He fed them. And we went somewhere, and somebody was hurting. What did he do? He healed them. He met their needs physically. And a lot of times he didn't stand over them and say, well, now you got it saved. He might give them some really good advice like, don't sin anymore. Hey, live a good life. It's true. You have a great point there because, yeah, they need to really look at what's causing them to be in this situation in the first place. Yeah. One of the things that um, I listen to a lot of music. I'm a real big music buff fan. And, and, um, there's a song that Simon and Garfunkel, you know, if you can go way back into the 60s and 70s, uh, sing. And I think it's probably one of the most biblical songs I've ever heard. It's called Bridge Over Troubled Water. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. I think that's what your ministry is. You know, you're the bridge over the trouble. You're the one that connects to help people who are hurting. And that's what Jesus did. I mean, how do you how do you see that in your own mind? So, well, um, I like that name. Maybe we should change the name. (laughs) (laughs) 
now that we're serving men. But we absolutely want to be there. And and to another point is bridge them from their life now that may not include Jesus, but to the bridge that connects them to Jesus. So I absolutely see that. I mean, our goal there is to educate them on their lives, which is many times sinful that's got them into the situation and, and talk to them about what really God has for them and that they do have a plan for their life. But then um, also to just take them and talk to them about, do they have a, a spiritual background? Do they know anything about God? Did they ever attend church? And it's always a very, um, a situation where it's, you know, we ask them for permission. It's never, and it's always very gentle and meek, like Jesus. And being like Jesus so many times where these people are in that trouble, that that water, I guess, they are drowning. So they want to know. They want to get out of this drowning water. And so they are at a place where they are open to hear about Jesus. And even if it's just a little bit of a quick, um, this is my story, would you want a Bible? Would you want a little book with uh, devotionals? Um, I'm going to tell you, 90% of the time they're like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'll do that. And it's always like, just just try it once. And then there's those points where these guys are desperate and they're on, and they, you know by the Spirit that they're ready to accept Jesus. So that happens too. So yes, to your point, we are the bridge that takes them from <laughs> hopefully from a different life to a new life, a better life for them. Yeah. When I was at teacher for high school Bible uh, for many years, there was uh, <clears throat> a statement I used to make a lot, and, and I probably still make it when I teach. I just don't think of it or if I'm doing it, but it's that the decisions that you make today will affect your tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It will definitely do that. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but I've got a degree in counseling, which I don't know why I have it. It's just... <laughs> you never used it? Well, whenever I got hired by a church that saw that I had it, they wanted me to be be the counselor because pastors don't want to be the counselors. And that I would try to, no, I don't want to do this, but I end up having to do it anyway. Okay. So, but it was was actually told to me to to do this so that I could strengthen my biblical degree, which I didn't understand. And and today I wish I never got it. (laughs) But... One of the has one of the things it has done for me it's it's helped me learn things about different psychology of of, of, of people. So, for example, um, uh, and on the Christian, what's really cool is because I went to Christian universities and, and so forth, and it was always on that Christian basis. We never had clinical psychology. I didn't learn it that way. I learned biblical counseling, and very different. So one thing I did learn putting the the Bible part of this and the counseling part of it together. When you look at uh, girls, for example, who, who especially those who have a spiritual background, but who may have may choose to go through an abortion, what happens most of the time is as they get older, the guilt of that weighs so heavy on them more and more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, ra- rather than it just dissipating, it mm-hmm. doesn't. It gets worse. Correct. And so they may not have the problem today 
or tomorrow, but down the road, it starts to pop up and it's pretty evident. Yeah, that's why surrendering the secret is such a good group because it does it. It does bring in some people that have never dealt with it, and it could be decades. Yeah. So I understand. Um, I learned that you now have two offices. We do. So I guess it's been a year now. So we ha- also have a downtown location, mm-hmm. which is on Alamo Street, and it's actually in the basement of um, First Presbyterian Church. They remodeled the downstairs, and there's uh, three or four nonprofits down there in a Kingdom Resource Lab. So the other nonprofits help with, like, clothing, and and uh, one of them helps with getting jobs and that kind of thing. And so we're there for the medical piece. So right now, it was closed for COVID. Unfortunately, COVID really did a number on everything. But it, it, there was lots of good things that happened through it. But the point is, so now it's reopened, so it's starting. It has to, like, build back up. But the, if you are looking for an appointment or counseling, you can get in quite quickly down there. But, yeah, so right now it's just open Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But our goal and dream, and if God wants it, will be open every day of the week. So from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, they approached you. Yes, they did. So Pastor Mitchell Moore came and toured Any Woman Can in Stone Oak and just was overwhelmed with um, excitement and what could be. And he was just astonished at what was happening and loved the model and just wanted to be a part of it. And so that's where it started. So is it possible or would you have a recommendation that if there are any churches in this area or even about somewhere else who who would like to do the same kind of model as say as Presbyterian churches to bring your model into their area or their church, they can do this? Uh, Well, absolutely. If God wants it, they sure can. So I guess the first step was if you're listening to this and it's like, wow, I want to know more, then give myself a call or you could call Pastor Mitchell Moore and, or we could set up a meeting. But absolutely, we don't want to put a limit on what God wants. That's great. That's great. Well, um, let's get on to our topic. We're going to talk okay. about living as a light and giving hope to others. And I think this is really, really so important as all believers. This is what we're basically told to do. Um, I went on. I went and found this this paragraph somewhere, and I want to read it. It's really kind of neat. I said, "To be the light means in times of darkness you offer hope, encouragement, kindness, and compassion. In times where others are struggling, you offer a way to help them to regain their glow and to shine." To see the good and the beautiful, it is in this that truth is reestablished. I mean, to me, this is really profound. Um, and I believe that, and we're, gonna, we're talking about not living in the light in Jesus, but we're talking about, like Jesus said, if we, to be a light on a hill to shine to others. And that's what we need to be because we're told to be this. Jesus teaches us. There's a scripture. Uh, I'm going to read two scriptures here. One's in, in a, Psalms 918. It says, but God will never forget the needy. This is important for us to understand because, you know, this is where to mimic or where to become like Jesus. He is our uh, model, our role model. And he never forgot the needy. So if that's the case that Jesus is, has done, 
then it's exactly the same thing we need to keep in mind that we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The second scripture is in Matthew five fourteen through 16, and many of us have heard this, and it says this, you are the light of the world. And he's talking to the people. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay? So what I want to discuss is the very fact that, you know, we're not here to give a light to show to ourselves. We're here as believers to give glory to Jesus. I mean, you would agree with this. Absolutely. And I think that knowing you all the years that I have, and and I observe a lot. We, We may not have talked a lot, but I observe a lot. And I think you really fit that. (laughs) <laughs> you fit that model really well. And watching what has happened with Any Woman Can is a testament to you because of your leadership and your devotion to Jesus. Respond to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say that's a hard one because, yeah, boy, I mean, that's huge. That's huge what you just described. And so, um, again, anybody out there, the key is honestly, you know, to just stay at his feet and, you know, allow him to work in your life and get to a point where you truly surrender and not my will, but yours. And God will do this because if you, if you would have told me this whenever years ago, and I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I mean, it's just overwhelming, honestly. So if you don't think about it and don't take credit for it, because really you cannot, then you definitely can be that light. And so if you see that light in me, then that is his light. Exactly. When um, A couple months ago, Ray Jones was on my on the show here. And we talked about surrender. And I, I made a comment about how I believe surrendering to God is probably the most powerful thing as a believer. It, it, there is power in surrender. It's when we decide that I do this and I'm so great because I can do this, you know, that's when we have problems. That's where the, the Satan is able to filter in into our very lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. So, um, but I think that, and 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 I know that one thing I I complimented Ray a lot because I think Ray is just an amazing person. But he sat there and said, "You know, you're telling me all the nice things, but I have a lot of warts on me." <laughs> and I think we all do. Of course. Yeah, we all do. None of us are perfect. None of us um, can say I have no sin. I mean, if we did that, we'd be contradicting the very scripture that says we do. Um, but I really believe that, like you just said, we we have to make sure that he, it's all him. It's he gives the credit because he's the one in charge. He's the one that empowers us, you know. And the very reason we do these things, hopefully, is to give honor to him. Absolutely. When when I 
do things for other people. I'm hoping that what shows is my honoring Jesus. And I would think, of course, it, it seems evident, I would think that your ministry and the things that you represent do the same thing. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I have to correct you. It's God's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right because I never ran a nonprofit before. I was totally, it was really seriously and still is totally out of my element. I had never done payroll. There's so much. But you know what? It was a step-by-step process that God got me through this. It's just actually quite miraculous. So if if you will surrender, God can use you in, in ways you would never, ever, ever imagine. So if anyone's listening and hasn't done that, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, pray about it and think about it and meditate on it and just... Just don't stop until you are able to surrender. You have to be at a point where you're ready. You can't just say, I surrender. You have got to be at that point. And if you've done it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's interesting. In my life, um, I became a Christian when I was like 16 years old. And um, I got called by Point Loma Nazarene University to attend when I was rebelling against God. And they wanted to give me a, a grant, and I'm living with a pastor. And so, you know, when I mentioned to him uh, that they called, he's like, oh, how nice. He didn't really say much of anything and, and come to find out he was probably behind some of this. Uh-huh. But, um, but it was really cool because as I, as I got myself together in this, it was all about trying to learn um, and put away some of the stuff that I grew up with, mm-hmm. and I kind of lost my thought. <laughs> right now you did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> it flew away. Oh, this is too funny. I even it's took, okay. I even took We're some... not perfect. We said that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, what's funny is sometimes I'll be teaching in a class, and I'm looking for a word, and if my wife has, happens to be in the class, she'll Tell me, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's it, <laughs> right? Oh, we, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, it's I, funny. I always tell Baron if he needs a a name tag, I forget people's names all the time. I wish we all had them right here tattooed across our forehead because I'm like, yes, I know you so well. So my point is, we all do this. Oh yeah. So anyway, when I was in Hawaii and I was teaching, um, there was a. It was really, really unique because. Uh, now I know what I was going to say when I I was there and I was teaching at a school. It was small, small Christian school, and um, most of the classes I think had about fifteen or twenty kids in it. And I had one class that had forty nine. Um, they were very rowdy. But before all that happened, um, I came to a point where I had to I had to be able to know how to teach, and I didn't. And when I understood that it was why it was so easy, and it wasn't easy because I knew anything, it was only easy because the Holy Spirit granted me this gift that I am so very careful to make sure that anytime I teach, anytime I speak, anytime I do a seminar, that uh, I always want to make sure that Jesus is honored in this, mm-hmm. um, that it's not me because I have not had anything to do with it other than just be the vessel that he uses. So it was really cool when I was in Hawaii that 
as I'm teaching this group of kids, um, many of them have remained um, Facebook friends, okay? Maybe 80 to 100 of them. I mean, it's just pretty cool. And some of them are in ministry, and, um, but some of the biggest things I taught were, were it's, it's about being focused. It's about um, being accessible. It's about being a light. It's about shining. It's uh, keeping Jesus centered in your life. And all those things, you know, mounted up to where I am today, you know, I have to be that light because I have to give that hope. Because Jesus was that light and Jesus was that hope. And I think anytime we we take our eyes off the fact that we need to be a light to the world or we need to be offer and give hope to the world, because that's what Jesus has empowered us to do and to be, I think um, we're misguided in our thinking. <clears throat> these these um, teachings that are all about I claim, I have, I, I want, I will get because I just am privileged to do so, and, and that's the way it should be, they're missing the whole concept of the Scripture. You know. But I, I think it's important that we do see the fact that we are light. We do see we are a bridge, if you will. We do see that we need to give hope. And um, I, I just guess it's funny because the more I've, I've looked at your ministry, I, I just can't um, impress upon the people who are watching more the fact that, you know, I believe it's so important that we reach out to people in a hurting world who don't have hope, who need that light, who, who, are, who are drowning. Mm-hmm. And we have thousands, if not millions of people, not only in our country, but around the world. And I think that that's why I think that Any Woman Can is a great example for this very teaching of Scripture. I agree. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> you know what's funny is, because um, I know you're a talker too, but my wife is a, a huge talker, and people say she can talk to the wall. I mean, she's just funny. So we had her on a show. We talked about honor. <clears throat> we had to replace somebody who had to go out. So she came in, and, and so when I asked her a question, that's fine. I'm like... <laughs> Help me out here. Right. <laughs> so so comments I got after the show, people who knew her, even people in Moldova who knew her is what happened to Susan? She didn't talk <laughs> and she's so talkative. It was so funny. Well, was it her first time on the radio? It wasn't radio, it was a or, video. Uh, sorry, video? Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting that mixed well, up. Well that's okay. But it was it? It was. Well then that's why. Actually she said she did commercials in Hawaii. When she was living in Hawaii, she did commercials. For television. Oh, okay. So. Well, then I don't have an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you. <laughs> well, we laugh about it. It's kind of fun. Right. So let me read some other scriptures here um, that I think want to give us a little help. In Luke eight sixteen, it says, no one after lighting a lamp, this is going to refer kind of to the other, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. Uh, but puts it on a stand so those who enter may see the light. Uh, you know, these two scriptures that I just read, I think are important because we, to a lot of people, are the only Bible that people will see. And we have to think, what are they going to see? 
you know, and as the light, you know, um, I mentioned this once before. I had a I had a show we called uh, Questions on the Fly, where people wrote in a lot of questions, and so I went ahead, there was asked the questions and I answered them. And one of them had to do about God uh, being a mystery. And so I said, well, no, God is light. And that means he's revealing. And if he's revealing himself, then we can see what he's like. And we need to be that exact same thing. We need to be a light. We need to be open. And people need to see who we are, what we stand for, who we stand for. Not only that they can see us, but also they can see the guiding part of us that takes us to the right area. What do you think? I think, again, you are correct. But I will I will add to that a little bit. If you're out there and you're like, but, you know, you work in that job, but it really isn't about being at work. It's about being at the grocery store. It's about interaction in the hall. It's about loving your neighbor. You can just be a light wherever you are every day, no matter what your situation is. If you are one that's suffering cancer, I, I'm I, sorry that that is happening, but for some way you can use it for good. Like when you're in the getting chemo and somebody else is in there getting chemo, you can give them hope. I mean, don't give up. Just continually lay it on the at Jesus' feet every single day. Ask him for opportunity to be the light because he will give it to you. There's a there's a little girl that um, I'm friends with the family. Her name is Grace. Or yeah, we call her I know Grace Keppel. Okay, yeah. she's no longer. She's actually an adult now. She graduated from high school. I know. So this cool. Year. She's such a sweetheart. She is adorable. Um, she worked on my communion team. Does she really? She did when I was the oh, okay. communion over all the guest relations at CBC. I think her her dad when they built their house built a little apartment for her up above their garage or something like that. Okay. So she has her own little place to live there on oh, the property. Sweet. But um, for those of you who don't know, uh, well, I had I had uh, Scott on my show. We talked about uh, living through suffering and, and being victorious mm-hmm. and so forth. And for those of you who don't know or haven't watched the show, Grace was born. By, they found out a few months later that she had a cancerous tumor. Mm-hmm. And she has had, oh, umpteen uh Brain surgeries, umpteen uh, chemotherapy. She lost her eye. She's blind in one eye. I mean, when she got her glass eye, it was so funny. Oh, you want to see my eye? She'd take it right out. I mean, she's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, I don't want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Really cute. But um, she wrote a book. This is really. Oh, she did. She did. She oh, wrote how a book. Sweet is that? You'll have you know if you talk to her again, you have to ask for it if they have any left. Okay, it's really good. But anyway, um, and and she's she's really enamored with my aloha. Where she gave me a fish. You know, who's had, not enamored with your aloha gear? That's what I want to ask. <laughs> the first time I ever went to actually, that's the first time when I go to Moldova and I teach. At the seminary, the first time that first students ever see me that I've ever taught, they look at me. Then the second day, they'll look. And the third day, do you always wear those clothes? And I go, Well, Absolutely. you used to wear pajama pants all the time to church. We're like, there's Alan. You can pick him out in a crowd. <laughs> well, I don't call them that. Or we actually. do. We call them pajama pants. <laughs> Betsy Mueller, you say, I know who you are just because of what you wear. No joke. <laughs> and we're all enamored. Well, my wife hid those from me, so I don't know if I can oh, find them. Oh, thank you, Susan. <laughs> but I have a whole closet full of shirts and aloha wear. And 
So, but yeah, there it's so funny. I'll go to Moldova, it'll be wintertime, and I'll wear my shirt to teach him, but I wear a jacket there, take it off. But most people layer. No, I just take it off because it's already going to be warm inside. But it's very different in in different parts of the country. Yeah. But I have my mark. I think people know me from all over by my shirts. I would yeah. tend to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I want those pants back. <laughs> He'd wear the pajama pants with what he has on today. <laughs> but anyway, Gracie, um, you know, she said something. She went up and, and spoke to the congregation at Community Bible Church. Oh, she did? She did. I missed it. This when Robert was there. Okay. And, um, it's been a while then. There must have been, I mean, each service we have about 3,000 attendees per service. And she spoke to this whole group. And at the time, I think she was maybe 10 years old or so or 11, okay. maybe 12. And um, she said this, and I've heard her say this just in private, that she has the best of both worlds. That if she is alive, she gets to be with her family and her friends, the people she really loves. But if she dies, she gets to be with Jesus. You talk about somebody who lives with hope that you would think, how could I ever endure this? She is really a message of hope, really a message of hope. I agree with you. And and I think that it's that attitude when people say, how can I do this? Why is this? Why me? Why whatever? And you look at somebody like Gracie and you think, what's wrong with me? I need to start realizing that the message of hope really is within me. I just need to grab a hold of it so that I can grab that and hopefully be that same hope for others. You know, and in your ministry, when you are actually, and I would think this is actually where you're at, when you are giving hope to those that are there when they leave and when they uh, get better, if you will, or if they grow, that they will become that light and hope for someone else. That is the prayer for sure. Yeah. And we've had some of those uh, clients come back and volunteer or donate or... Um, tell their story. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We want to make disciples. Yeah. I, I think that's just so important that we um, we can we can be there. It's not only a matter of hope of salvation only. It's a hope of, of just life. Mm-hmm. When Jesus says, I came to give you life and give it more abundantly or more fully, you know, um, I don't think he was talking about a life in heaven. I think he's talking about now. We give you a life now that's full and complete. And I think that's so important that we grab a hold of that. Yeah. So anyway, in Isaiah, here's another scripture that's kind of cool. Isaiah 42.6, it says this, I am the Lord. I have called you to, in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, the light for the nations. So even in the Old Testament, God calls us to be a light. You know, and I, and I think, wow, I mean, we can't we can't just separate the, 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 the Old and New Testament here because it's all together. It teaches right. the same same message. Right. You know, that we need to honor him. We need to glorify him. We need to live for him. We need to be a light for him. We need to give hope to others. And this is and I can say this all the time, Old and New Testament teaching, you know, and I think it's so important that we see that. Uh, we really do need to look at Jesus more and more about how he was 
a light. He was hope. And when we look at the apostles after him, you know, they were a light. They were hope. And as we look through history and we can pull out people who were a light for, for him, Martin Luther, you know, and hope for other people, trying to speak the truth, you know. It's our responsibility. In fact, it's not just our responsibility. It's our heritage. I mean, that wow, that's a, that's a big thing right there. It's our heritage. What do you think? I absolutely think. <laughs> do I think? You're not going to say you agree, <laughs> are you? <laughs> it is our responsibility for sure. I mean, once you know Jesus, there, I mean, gosh, you absolutely need to share this with everyone. Why, why hold in or keep this a secret? I mean, there's so many people that are out there and hurting. So um, we absolutely need to go out there every day and be a light to the world. You know, some of the discussions I've had, I teach a class every week, and one of, some of the discussions I've had recently with them is that, you know, in our life as a believer, you know, our life is, is uh, um, personal. It's personal to every one of us. However, it is not private. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people, um, at least I know in the United States and in Canada, that will walk around, not want to pray in public, not want to do certain things in public, not maybe go to church or this or that, because they think or they will say that their relationship with God is private. But that's not the teaching. No, it's personal, but it's not private. Exactly. Each one is going to look different, but that's the beauty of it. Because someone else will see, oh, the difference in every, that it's personal, that each person on this earth that has a relationship, it absolutely is different. And so they will have their own unique relationship. It's not like a cookie cutter type of thing. Right. Even the idea of salvation, you know, no, not everybody has to be saved the same way. Everybody hasn't been saved the way. No. You know, we all have our personal relationship. We have our personal journey, but that personal journey, you know, is something that we let our light shine Mm -hmm. so that we can honor Jesus and give hope to the world. Yeah. So I absolutely agree with you when we're in those rooms. Sometimes when I'm in those rooms, it's like they are not ready at that point to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Just like somebody on this radio might not have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but you'll know it. There's a time for you who are listening that that you'll just go, this is the time. And then at that time, I even tell these girls and guys, you may be by yourself. You might be driving. You might be in a mall, but you will know that it's time. And and you just at that point, you surrender and you pray and you ask God into your heart. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in Ephesians, it says this in one eighteen. I pray, and this is Paul speaking, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory, I'm sorry, riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know, Jesus healed, he fed, he comforted, he served the hurting people. You know, we as believers need to hear this message we as believers need to understand that we are called to this kind of work. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a teacher somewhere, a pastor, or a missionary, or you're in, you're in charge of some parachurch. A dentist. A dentist. Anything you are. This is your calling. You know, and I think that um, any woman can, and you in ministry that you work with, you're you're a um, a role model for this very thing because you represent the very the very teachings that Jesus has done, and these teachings teachings that that you have because all this you do are teachings, believe it or not. You know, they're, they are comforting and doing, they're serving people, mm-hmm. but they're teaching. So the very fact that what God and Jesus has asked us to do and, and to be. So you are definitely a role model on the very front foreline, forefront of, of this world. That's, that puts a heavy responsibility on you. I was just going to say, that's a little <laughs> too much. <laughs> but again, okay, but I have to back that up, though. If you think about it, just don't think about it. Just go and do because if you think about it, then you are get, putting yourself in the way of what you can do and what you cannot do. But when in reality, it has nothing really to do with you except for the fact that God chose you and he will use you. Yeah. It's like the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ. Absolutely. I mean, that's really the bottom line right there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he, he can speak through an animal, you know. That's what I say. Sometimes he's... If he can speak through a donkey, hello. Yeah. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> I think God gave us that gift, too, of humor. You have to laugh through some of this stuff. Well, it's really interesting. Before I came, you know, um, Susan said to me that she goes, I think, I think Shan lives with a, a goofball like I do. Uh, <laughs> Baron, if you're listening, don't listen. <laughs> he's but, very funny, too, but he's yeah, a great guy. He really is. I, I think the world of him, he's such so upbeat. He's so positive. And even when things aren't doing great, he's, he's really got a great voice of hope. Yeah, I agree. That's why I married him. Yeah, well, you got a good guy. I did. I always yeah. say he got a better. I got a better end of the deal than he did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always as kind as he is. <laughs> well, that might be true with me and Susan too. I'm not. <laughs> well, anyway, that's our show for today. Um, I really want to thank everybody for uh, joining. This is the Believer's Journey, and um, I. Pray you have a wonderful week and um, aloha. God bless you. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com.